Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Come on, church. Go ahead and stand with us if you're not. And I just invite you to put your hand on your heart. And we make some declarations around here. Let me tell you why we do this. Because what you say comes out of your mouth happens. Let me say that again. What you say comes out of your mouth happens. And not only do we make declarations about who God is, but we make declarations about who God says that we are and what God says that we can do. And then by the way, you're not gonna get out of here without getting blessed. Because the truth is we start with declarations, then we declare what God says, not what we say, we declare what God says with what we say, and then the word goes forth, and then at the end, God brings his blessing on your life, amen? So again, I invite you just to put your hand on your heart, say this with me, this is our declaration. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I'm blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020 will be my best year ever. Come on. I declare that 2020 is double-double for me. Double blessing, double anointing, a double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 6511, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my paths will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly, come on, favored of the Lord. Come on, y'all. That's our declaration, amen. If you're a guest with us before you're seated, everybody, before you're seated, if you're a guest with us, I just wanna thank you for being here. I wanna thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone into your next level. Let me say that again. Some of you come in here today and you go, what in the world? What in the world's going on here? And let me tell you what's going on here. This is a part of your transformation for what God has for you in your future. And watch this, it's not a personality thing. This is what people misunderstand. It's not a personality thing. It's a spirit thing. And so what God wants to do is he wants to awaken your spirit to the purpose and destiny that he has for you. And this is the first thing that I'm gonna say that I believe God is saying to you today. Your history does not determine your destiny. God has a great future for you. And I'm glad that you're here today. So let me pray for you. Can I do that? Father, I just thank you for every special person here today. God, we are your sons and daughters, even if we don't know it. And all the stuff in our life, all the stuff that makes sense and a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, all the hurt, all the unfair things, all the struggle, that God, when we come into your house, when we gather together in your name, when we open up our mind and our heart to your way, God, you indeed show us that your way is the truth. It is the life. I thank you today, God, that you love us so much that there's nothing we could ever do, there's nothing we could ever say that will separate your love for us. 
So Father, indeed today, I give you permission to visit us. God, speak to the core, to the depth of every person's spirit here. Bypass what they think church is supposed to be. Bypass who they are and who they think they are. Bypass who you are and who they think you are, God, and just be God in this house today. God, we release your word now as it goes forth. God, you said, I sent my word and it healed them. So I speak healing in advance, spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So honored to have you today. And uh, thank you for, for taking your greatest asset the greatest asset you have is your time. And thank you for being here today. Thank you for not thinking that by coming today that you're gonna get the coronavirus. <laughs> if you wanna know my feelings on the coronavirus, just to give you a perspective, you can go on my Instagram, you can check it out. And I don't wanna minimize that it's a real thing, but I do wanna minimize the fear that's associated with it. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And there's gonna be stuff in our lives, all of our lives that we cannot control, but the thing we can control is the word of God that's in our heart and that's in our mouth that overcomes anything that's out there that's deadly or otherwise. And so I just wanna kinda just put a few things in perspective then I'm gonna get it right into my message which I didn't get into my message in the first service, so welcome, you're gonna actually hear the message. <laughs> but, um, but I believe God spoke a message to the people that were here, but I'm actually gonna try to get to what I believe God wants me to say to you today. Um, but just to put this coronavirus in perspective, for those of you who, again, you're bombarded with the news and um, you know that it just seems overwhelming and that it's coming, uh, let me just give you some perspective based on yesterday. 92,000 people have, have contracted, uh, contacted the, the virus. In America, 14 people have died. And let me just, again, let me just, just tell you that, that here's the real real on the coronavirus. The real real is this. The World Health Organization has said if you have a dysfunctional immunity system, if, you're, if your health is dysfunctional, if you are not a healthy person, you are more likely to be impacted by the coronavirus. But listen, let me just say this. There's a lot of natural supernatural correlations. If you are unhealthy emotionally, uh, when bad stuff happens and it's gonna happen, it's gonna make your life worse. If you are unhealthy financially, when hard times happen, it's gonna make your life worse. Uh, after two heart procedures this year that I had no control over, uh, then the, the bottom line is I've decided what I do have control over is I've always been healthy, exercised since I was 15. I decided that uh, I'm even gonna do one more thing that I've never really done, and that is I'm gonna become more plant-based. So in other words, I'm taking action based on the uncontrollables, all right? So now, again, whether you like that or not, here's, I'm just, I wanna explain something to you that what that means for me is I'm already healthy. 
And that's one of the reasons that after my last heart procedure, five days later, I was preaching in San Diego, California. They said, how in the world are you doing this? Because my heart is healthy. So here's what I wanna tell you. When you're healthy physically, when you're healthy emotionally, when you're healthy financially, when you're healthy relationally, tough times when they happen and they will. Bad times when they happen and they will. Struggle when it happens and it will, will not impact you the same, why? Because according to the World Health Organization, of all the people that have not only contracted the, the coronavirus, the only 1%, if I can say it this way, I wanna make sure I say it right. The only people that have died from the coronavirus are people that already had health issues. So I want you to see the natural supernatural correlation. The enemy of your soul, Jesus said it, John 10, 10. He said, the devil comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. If I was preaching those, things, those three things to you, here's what I would tell you. The devil comes to steal what? The devil comes to steal, first of all, your identity in God. So he does everything he can through your dysfunctional parents. I know everybody didn't have dysfunctional parents, but some of y'all did. But through, through whatever you decide to focus on with the parents that you had, he comes to steal your identity and it starts within your family to get you refocused, not on an identity in Christ, but on an identity that's, that's a fake identity. If you get focused on your ethnicity, it's a fake identity. If you get focused on your nationality, it's a fake identity. So the enemy does everything he can with man to try to steal their identity. Here's the second thing. Jesus said that he comes to, to steal. The second thing, he comes to kill. He comes to kill what? Any potential that you have. Any potential that you have to become everything that God created you to be. Any potential that you have to be successful. Any potential that you have to become everything that God originally intended and decided. You, your parents, they had something to do with it, believe me, but God's the one that decided that you were gonna be born. So whatever your daddy did or didn't do, whatever your mama did or didn't do, that's inconsequential in the big picture. When you become an adult, here's what you begin to realize. Guess what? God decided for me to be here. God's given me a mind, a will, an emotion. God has given me gifts. God has given me life, and I'm gonna do something with it by God. Come on. By God, I'm gonna do something with it. So the devil comes to steal. Steal what? Your identity. He comes to kill what? Your potential. People get into jobs and, and they, they, they don't see any potential beyond the job that they have. That's why we teach multiple streams of income around here. And again, I wanna hang out on that because that's why I coach people. But the reality is that some people, they, 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 there's a limit even on their potential because of the job they decide to do to quote unquote support their family. And guess what? In life, here are two immutables. Number one, there are things that you're going to have to do. But the second one's the most important thing. This is immutable. So that you can get to do what you want. So everything that you have to do ought to be working towards you getting to do what you want in this life. 
And the enemy knows that, but he wants to keep people on the have-to side of life. Well, I have to. Like, I got to do this. I got to do this. No, guess what? Whatever you have to, you can add something more to your life that will empower you to your get-to, whatever your get-to is. Well, that's enough on that, but I could go all day just talking about that. But anyway, so the devil comes to steal. Steal what? Y'all tell me. Your identity. He comes to kill. Kill what? Your potential. What is your potential? What are your possibilities? What's possible with you? The Bible says with man, things are impossible, but with God, come on, y'all tell me, preach it to me, all, all things, things are possible. All things. So what, what, what things are possible in your life that seem impossible right now that without God, it will never be possible because only God is the one that makes the impossible possible with whatever you decide to do. It's up, it's up to you to decide what to do. And then God says, based on what you've decided to do, I'm gonna make the impossible possible for you. Somebody put an amen on that. Amen. So the devil comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Destroy what? The future that God already has for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I have for you, they're good and not evil to give you a future and give you a hope. Is there anything worse? I'll just ask you this. Is there anything worse than not having hope? I don't think so. If you've ever been to a place, and many of you in this room have, where you felt hopeless, there's not a lower place you can go. There's not a sickness that you can have. There's not a difficult. When you don't have hope, you don't have life. So here's what God says. God says, I, God, know the thoughts that I have for you. And oh, by the way, here's my thoughts towards you to give you a future and a hope and an expected end. You say, what does that mean? What that means is because I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Nothing, including the devil himself, can stop my purpose from happening in your life. But you need to understand something. The devil comes to steal, steal what? Y'all preach back to me. Your identity, he comes to kill what? Your potential, and he comes to destroy your future. Why? Because your identity, your potential, and your future are all gifts from God to you. And then Jesus interrupts that thought process. He tells what it is. That's the truth. That's why the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Welcome to stepping into the abundant life today at Elevate Life Church. Amen. Come on. Things are going to get better. I said, things are going to get better. Things are going to elevate. Come on. It's double, double. Guess what? Guess what I realized today for the first time? There's already double-double that's happening for me in different areas of my life. But you know what I realized today? I got, I, got, I got two grandchildren in the oven in this year of double-double. And when I prophesied double-double, I didn't have two grandchildren in the oven. I just want y'all to know, when I tell you stuff, it's not just what I say, it's what he says. And that's what we're going to talk about today, what he says, what he says to you. Now, let me just pause and say this. There's four voices, only four. There's four voices that we all hear, and sometimes simultaneously. There's our voice, and sometimes that's the most debilitating voice because, like, we know us and what we say to ourselves and the things we tell ourselves. But really, we're just echoing 
either what other people have said in our life or what we think other people feel about us. So oftentimes there's that voice. In fact, uh, Scott, look at it for me, if you can. And in case Scott's slow, Garrett, you help him be fast. Because in the first service, he couldn't quite find what I was asking him to go. I have have these people that research for me all the while I preach. But anyway, these are my best friends. So I can't believe he just said that. He totally embarrassed that person. That was the person I embarrassed. He's my best friend. He's, He's embarrassable. By the way, are you an embarrassable person? Can you be embarrassed and not like be offended by it and go, you know what, I'm gonna just let that make me step it up a little bit. <laughs> okay, so what I want you to look at is I want you to, I want you to, I want you to look this up and your dad's listening. So I want you to look it up. What I'd like you to look at, how many, how many words from a self-talk perspective do we speak every minute? Just look it up. How many words self-talk? How many, it's gonna surprise you. How many words that you say to yourself every minute? Watch this now, that's over speaking. 800 to 1400 words a minute. Wow. You speak at 150 words a minute, but your self-talk that you're not speaking 800, let's just round it off at a thousand words. Some of y'all are like, no wonder you. What? Your spouse walks around and goes, what's going on? Nothing. Uh, oh, like you're having this conversation. How are you feeling today? You know, I, I'm fine, I guess. You're, you, every time you engage, watch this, in a, in a relationship with somebody else, it is a skill not to over-talk them in your head. Wow. That's what's wrong with a lot of marriages, buddy. Is that you're talking at 150 words, I'm able without speaking to talk at 800 to 1,000 words, almost 10 times the amount of what I'm saying while somebody's talking to me that negates both the good and the bad. Right. Wow. So, why was I saying that? Four voices, thank you so much. See, this, this woman here listens. That was a test. I'm just kidding. There's your voice. There's God's voice. That's what we're gonna focus on today, what God says. But not what God says, but what God said. He's already said it. God said it. I believe it. Okay, in case you don't know this, we're going to learn it right now. Everybody say, God said it. God said it. That settles it. That settles it. I believe it. I believe it. So here's what was happening. Uh, you'll be glad to hear this, uh, Glenda. Yesterday, when Steve, when Steve was picking me up from the airport, Pastor Sheila and I from the airport, I said, you know, Steve, I, 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 Pastor Sheila and I have decided something. Y'all been with us how long? 17 years. So he's taking me home from the airport. And I said, Steve, Pastor Sheila and I have decided something. He goes, okay, we've decided we really like you. <laughs> we really, we really do. He goes, well, well, thank you, Pastor. And I said, we're just so, really for you and Glenda, we're so grateful for you guys. And so... 
He said, well, thank you very much. And I said, now I just want you to know, I've decided, because we employ both of them. I said, I've decided that we're giving you both another two weeks. He goes, well, thank you, Pastor. And I said, then we'll evaluate it after that. <laughs> but no matter what happens, we like you. And of course, if you know me, this is an ongoing joke that I have with them. Every time I do something good, I'll say, another two weeks. <laughs> Thank you for that. Great job. Anyway, and it's a joke. Okay, it's a joke, but it's very funny. So then in the car, here's what I said to Steve. So Steve, I just want you to know, I like you. When's the last time somebody told you they liked you? What do you wow. think about that for a minute? Wow. Because there's a lot of you that the 800 to 1,000 words a minute, how many minutes are there in a day? Somebody tell me 1,440 minutes in a day. Do the math. 1,440 times 1,000 equals somebody. It's math. Tell me. 144,000. Would that be right, math people? That's not right. See how, see how our church is? I just, we just talk. Can we just talk? Talk to me. Is it all right if I just talk to y'all for a minute? Is that okay? All right, so, so somebody do the math. So, okay. Okay, so let's just, let's just, let's just for simple math. 650,000 words in your head a day. Some of y'all are, you, you are so messed up. <laughs> and you're messing up everything around you because of this major book. You know, the average book only has 50,000 words in it and you're speaking 650,000 in your head every day. Shut up. <laughs> what in the world? So four voices, there's your voice, there's God's voice. Now listen very carefully, there's their voice and there's the devil's voice. It's only four voices. Who is their voice? Listen very carefully what I'm gonna tell you. Too often times as if we aren't speaking enough to ourselves, that's not good, 650,000 plus unspoken words a day that words are like seeds that get planted in the soil of our spirit. That's why, I, that's why I'm an anti-cusser. So really hear me when I say this. I'm not judging if you cuss, you can cuss all you want. Just don't use your words to cuss, use your words to bless. Use your words to prophesy good things. Use your words to say, this is what's gonna happen. This is how it's gonna be. So again, if you're a cusser, that's okay. I feel like cussing too, every day. About 300,000 of my 650,000 words that I speak. Some of y'all know what I'm saying. I'm a cusser, all right, but it's to myself. That's my problem. You understand? That's my problem. It's what I'm saying to myself. And then if somebody's cussed at you, cuss means, by the way, curse. That's where it comes from. You're speaking a curse. So when you're doing that, here's what's happening. Watch the 150 words that you're able to speak in a minute plus the 650,000 that you're speaking in a day. There's all kind of messages that you're getting. Watch this. Self-talk. 
the devil trying to use your words against you. And then God trying to say something to you that he's been saying all along. But I can't get it because of what I'm saying and what they're saying and the devil trying to get his in my head too. So this message today is very important because it's God said, capital letters, relationships. What has God said? Not what, what does God say? What has God said relationships? So, so nothing any person, any man or person has ever said to you overrides what God said about you. Nothing any man or person has ever said or will ever say to you overrides what God has said about you. Would you put an amen on that? In fact, out loud, use that as your 150 words for a minute. Just say amen. Come on. So be it. So be it. All right. So, so, so I want you to see this. And that's why I had my precious Keela sing that song by Lauren Daigle. Because here's what I say, but here's what you say. Here's what I say, but here's what you say. And when you're saying stuff in your head, why don't you just stop and make yourself say, here's what God says about what I'm saying. And it makes what I'm saying not matter as much. It makes what they said not matter. It makes what the devil says not matter at all. I say what the devil says doesn't matter at all. Man says, I can't figure it out. God says, I'll direct your steps. It's okay to put an amen on that. Man, man says, it's, I'm too tired. God says, I will give you rest. To expand that thought, he says, in fact, cast your care upon me because I care for you. Why are you carrying a burden that's making you weary and tired? In fact, God would say to you, don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Right. And do good to those, especially those are, that are in the household of faith. Seize opportunities to do good. Man says it's impossible. God says all things are possible to them that believe. By the way, whether you ever step into being a person that has a superpower of making the impossible possible, whether you ever step into that or not, it's always there for you. Do you know that most of the time when I work out, this is a, this is a confession, I wear a Superman t-shirt. It's the truth. I wear a Superman t-shirt because nobody else has to believe that I am a superman. But God says, Keith, you're not just natural man, you're a superman. And that big S on your chest, guess what? That S is not about being a superhero. It's about understanding that greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Here's what man says, nobody loves me. By the way, I just want, I just want you to be honest right now for a second. Has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like nobody loved you? Let me just see your hands, okay? Thank you for your honesty. Most people in here have felt that. If you've never felt that, your assignment in life is to make everybody around you feel loved. Because those of us have felt like nobody loved us, I've felt that. I've felt that. You know, your mother's supposed to love you. Y'all know that, right? If you had a dad, he's supposed to love you, right? That's the way it's supposed to be, at least in our mind. 
And I say this with all due respect because my, my own mom might be watching. My mom came to me when, she, when I was about 32 years of age and she said, I'm so sorry. I did not love you well. And I'm happy to tell you that I looked at my mom and I said, mom, I just want you to know I forgave you a long time ago. I said, the greatest thing you did for me, mom, was take me to the house of God. And I felt the love of God. And it made me want to help people know that God loved them. And it helped me, your, your lack of love helped me to want to make people feel loved and for me to be the kind of person that if you're gonna be in my life, I want you to feel loved, why? Because I know the deficit, I know what it's like, and I don't blame that on my mom, I don't blame it on anybody. I'm just telling you, the devil comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy, and it doesn't matter how he does it, but what we start talking is we start talking about the ways that other people have made us feel. We start talking with those, with those 650,000 words, we start talking in our head that I'm no good, I'm, I, guess I'm not, I guess I'm not worthy to be loved, I guess I'm, I guess if people get really, I still struggle with this, by the way, this is the truth. Like if somebody really gets to know me, if they really get to know me, then they won't love me. I still struggle with that. And I don't know if you struggle with that kind of stuff, but I mean, I'm just saying, this is what, this is what I, I fight, I fight that battle. Like I fight, hey, can somebody really, like if they, can they really get to know me and say, I'm with you. That's why I'm such a loyal person and I am a loyal person. And I've said it many times in this pulpit, you're, if somebody's my friend, they're gonna have to be the one that leaves. Why? Because I know what it's like to get left emotionally. Thank you, Scott. See, he's my best friend. What, who, whose friend gives them a handkerchief when they're crying like a big baby? But I want you to understand, listen, sometimes you see me up here and I'm strong and I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's who I am. But part of the reason I'm so strong and part of the reason I'm so forceful at times is because I know what it's like to feel weak and I know what it's like to not feel hope and I know what it's like not to feel empowered. So sometimes, yes, if I ever admit up here and I come across wrong, just know he's, he's in his warrior mode right now. He needs a little bit of Pastor Sheila, a peacemaker, but I'm in my warrior mode because I'm fighting a good fight for your soul and for your family and for your future and for your finances. And I got to work through my own stuff. There was some controversy with the title of this series. Relation asterisks, relationship percentage, relationship hashtag, relationship like question mark, no. You could, you, you know. Because that's what, that's what relationship looks like. It is messy and it's hard and it's difficult. And that's why we need to know what God said. Come on, put an amen on that. Amen. Man says, I can't forgive myself. Have you ever been there? I just, I know what I did, you know. You know, that was Judas's story. Judas, he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver and he couldn't forgive himself and he hung himself. And sometimes the voices that are in our head is we know, we know us and like Sheila will forgive me at times and my kids will forgive me. 
that sometimes it's hard to forgive myself. Can you, can you understand that? Yes. Yeah. And so that's why it's important that we understand what God says. I forgive you. And my mercy is I give you what you don't deserve. That's what mercy is. That's, that's why he's a merciful God. The Bible's in the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalms 119, it says over and over, his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And you know what mercy is? Mercy is a ladder that God lowers into a pit that either somebody threw you in or either that you got in all by yourself and you're so low, you can't see any way out. And God says, here's my mercy. And his ladder goes below the lowest point and says, even if you even still go down, my ladder has an extender on it. It's called my mercy. And by the way, you can get up. Come on, let's go. You can, you can, you can be different. Come on, you can, you can get out of this pit. Man says, I'm not worth it. You know, when you, when you didn't feel loved, and some of you understand this, when you didn't feel loved growing up, it's hard to think that you, you will have a wife that can make you feel worth. And that's what she's always done. That's why she's been my number one. God knew I needed a cheerleader. She's like, hey, let's go, Keith. You can do it. You're, you're awesome. I'm like, I'm like, keep doing that. I'll do another cheer. In fact, go ahead and put a cheerleading uniform on while you're doing the cheer. And that'll really, anyway, sorry, sorry. I, I, I didn't take my medicine. I'm just being honest. I love when she cheers in her pajamas and robe. But anyway, so, but watch this. She could be the most awesome person in the world, but if I don't feel worth it, I can never value her. Right. That's what happens in some of our relationships. We walk away from somebody that's trying to give us worth because we don't have self-worth because we're not hearing what God said and we're listening to what other people say. I'm not gonna to get to my message, but I think this is the message. Yes. Man says, I'm not able. I'm not able. I'm so glad that in the arsenal of my life, I've had worship. When I was a little boy at Bethel Temple, 210 East Jefferson, South Dallas, there's a little song early in my spirit, Arthur, that went, my God is able, he's able. This is the little boy singing now. I know he's able. And God knew I, God knew I would need this song. I know my God is able to carry me through. For he has healed the brokenhearted and he set the captive free. He heals the sick, he raised the dead. 
and he caused the blind to see. And my little boy at the altar singing, my God is able. And at 60, I can tell you it wasn't for then. It was for the times in my life that I didn't feel like I was able. I know, but it's in my spirit. He's able. So when I worship, when I pray, when I speak positive things, what happens is I'm using the mouth that God gave me to create the world that he has for me. And when worship gets on the inside of you, you begin to sing that and it begins to come out of your spirit. And all of a sudden, everything that you're not proves who he is in your life. And you're able because he's able. That was one of the songs. I shared this when I first came back from Father's Day and my heart attack. That was one of the songs that I sang. I'm laying on that horrible hospital bed. I don't know why, if you're in the medical profession, can y'all like get a bed that fits somebody 6'6"? Six, six? I mean, that, these beds, that was whole another thing. I was, this bed is made for a midget. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 this bed isn't made for me. It's not wide enough, it's not big enough. I feel like a gorilla. Anyway, my God is able. I speak over your life, God is able. And whatever, whatever right now that's not possible, God is able in the name of Jesus. I'm proof of it, God is able. God is able, maybe you don't know the song. I sing the song over you. I know my God is able to carry you through to carry you through. Somebody needs this today. God is able to carry you through. You're not able, but he's able. You're not able, but he's not able. Boy, this is a big one for me. Probably why I wrote all these, because they're so true about me. I'm not smart enough. Man. You know, when you suffocate in a plastic bag like I did, and I didn't, I was dead, I died. And they estimate it was for over an hour. I don't know what it is about the devil always trying to steal, kill, and destroy me, but it always relates to oxygen. <laughs> First of all, he tried to suffocate me, and he did. I dead. I was dead. I dead. <laughs> but listen, and then the heart thing later on in life happened. It's totally clogged. No oxygen to my heart. And here's what the doctor said when I was a little boy. When I came back to life, they said, we're sure he has brain damage. And all my life, I've shared this, some of y'all know this story, but all my life I'd come home from school and my parents would go, you actually got a grade, you got a grade. It's, it's a C, it's, it's even a D. And my brother and my sister be going, what in the world? Oh, you know your brother, he suffocated to death. Probably some dead brain cells. We're just, we're just glad he can talk. It's the truth. My brother and sister were mad at me all the time. And so here's what I've always said. Scott's been my best friend 36 years. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. That's my self-talk. 
like, like if, if you need a steak knife, I'm not your guy. But like, if you'd like something to rub some butter on something, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm your butter boy. I'm your, <laughs> our pastor, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but if you need a little butter, you need to come to church. A little honey, a little strawberry jelly, a little grape jam. So here's what I say. Maybe you say it too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that smart. And God says, I'll give you wisdom. So there, ain't, there is nobody you know, I promise you. Again, this might sound egotistical. So at the sake of sound egotistical, there's nobody that you know that prays for wisdom more than I do. Because I know I am a freaking butter knife. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I've sure sawed and chopped and hacked through a whole lot of problems in my life. And in some cases have turned those into a dollar sign. Okay. Here, so again, I'm not able, God says I am able. I can't go on. God says my grace is sufficient for you. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do this marriage. I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. By the way, let me stop right here and just say, has that ever come out of anybody's mouth besides mine? I can't do it anymore. Let me see your hands. I can't do it anymore. And God says, you can do all things. I'm the one that gives you strength, but you got to decide to do it. I can't manage. I, like I, can't, I can't manage this what's my emotions, what I can't manage it. God says, I will supply all your needs. Man says, I'm afraid. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I, I, did anybody here besides me, when you were smaller, struggle with fear? Anybody ever struggle with fear? Listen, I, I still, every once in a while it'll hit me. Like, like the time I was doing a series called Fear Factor and uh, one of the guys I was working with said, hey, you need to go like jump out of an airplane. I go, oh, well, you know, Sheila can do that. Like she loves that. She's like an adventure girl. He goes, no, you need to go do it. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not, like, I don't even think about just fearful things. But when I got up there, they were going, okay, we're gonna count. And then you're gonna jump out of the plane. I thought I could die. But hey, we're doing a series called Fear Factor. I jumped out of the plane. Anyway, I'm not suggesting you do that. One of those horrible things I've ever done in my life. But see, Garrett, on the other hand, Mr. Navy Steel over here, look at a guy like me and think, what a wuss. Yes. <laughs> Garrett, 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 when Garrett was growing up, we'd go to visit them in Sherman, Texas, and about half the time we were rushing him to the emergency room. It's the truth, she lived it. It's like, every time we go there, what's Garrett gonna do this time? Why are we gonna go to the hospital this time? Well, he's trying to jump from one building to the next, running up the side of the building, flipping off, jumping his bike, not off like little hills, off cliffs. Like, see, so you hear about me. Oh, I'm gonna jump out of a little plane. And he's a halo jumper. 
He like jumps from, what's halo jump? What is that? How many feet? Over 25,000 feet. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, ne- I'm never, I'm just saying I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm never doing that. What were you going to say, Garrett? You taught me that risk is a dangerous opportunity. I did teach you that risk is a dangerous opportunity. And I have lived my whole life doing that, forcing myself out of airplanes and other stupid things to try to overcome myself. Okay, I'm almost through. Ah, man says I'm afraid. God says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. But then this is the big one. Man says, I feel alone. God says, I will never leave you. And I want to just emphasize something on that, and then we're going to be through. Have you ever said, I'm so lonely? Have you ever said that? I'm so lonely. Who's ever said that? Let me see your hands. I'm so lonely. I want you to hear this because I'm going to end on two things and then we're going to be through. God says, it's not good for you to be alone. And as I made a helper for Adam, I've made helpers for you. This is a word for somebody today. Listen very carefully. Making a helper for Adam and bringing Eve to him was a picture of what I'm gonna do for you. But where are they, God, I say? The secret to finding people who will help you is for you to go love, care, and serve other people. And as you do that unto others, here's God now, because I wrote this and I felt like God spoke this to me. As you do that unto others, as I would have you do to them, I'm going to cause those helpers that I've assigned for your life to be revealed. So here is a word from God for every person here today. I am sending you helpers. I'm sending you helpers for your hurt. I'm sending you helpers for your business. I'm sending you helpers for your ministry. In other words, everything that I've put you on the earth to do, I'm sending help. Come on, I'm sending help. I'm sending help. But I want you to realize, and I want you to hear God in this. I want you to realize that I help you and I will take care of what you can't take care of. I'll send helpers for you if you'll just help the people around you. If you'll love them and care about them. And that's why our church is built on servant leadership. Is that we wanna give you opportunities to help other people. I cannot tell you how many people through serving in this church have started multi-million dollar businesses. I can't tell you how many people that were serving in this church and something happened in their family because they were on a team that immediately that team responded to that hurting person. You see, the key to us getting help, watch this, the help that we need that we can't make happen, that only God can make happen, is if we will choose to help other people. Heard a story yesterday, and then I'm gonna give you one more thing and we're through. Heard a story yesterday about a pastor who's a single person and actually a female and uh, went through a very tough time and had to move and there was nobody to help this person. And so another pastor and his wife were the only people that helped this person. And I thought in my mind, it's not about y'all helping the pastor. Listen to me, that's not it. It's about how can you be in any situation where there's no one to help you? In this family, y'all listen to me, I'm the dad. So in this family, 
here's what's going to happen. You're going to get help. But that doesn't mean God gave us a checkbook to make sure everything you need is written out for you. Here's what it means. This is a family for you to get involved in and for you to become a part of. And as you become a part of this family and you contribute, guess what happens? You get contributed to. That's the way it works. That's the way it happens, right? So, so, so listen, I'm not saying that to, to, to if, especially if you're a guest with us, oh, they just want us to serve around here or whatever. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you, this is, this is what I feel like that God has said. I provided a helper for Adam because here's what happened. Listen, everything that God created, he said was good until he saw man and he was alone and he said, it's not good for him to be alone. God never meant for you to do life alone. So don't go through life alone. Maybe in your dysfunctional family, you don't fit. Maybe in your job, you just work with those people. But here in the house of God, you can't even become, we don't even offer membership, I don't think. Do we offer, we don't offer membership at our church. Why? Because we're a family. You don't become a member of a family. You just become a part of the family, all right? So I just want you to know that, that, that I believe help is on the way in the name of Jesus. If you need resource for your vision, if you need money for your vision, whatever it is that you need help with, I believe in the name of Jesus, when you get with the right people, come on, in the right place, at the right time, the right things are gonna happen. Put a big amen on that. And really, this is the last thing. Have you ever heard yourself saying, I deserve better than this? I deserve better than this. That's a hard one for us to admit, isn't it? I deserve better than this. I deserve a better job than this. I deserve a better spouse than this. I deserve better, I deserve better kids than this. I was a better parent than they are kids. This is ridiculous. Some of you parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I don't deserve this. These people are idiots and I raised them. How in the world did this happen? I deserve better than this. So y'all, let me tell you what I believe God spoke to me. Listen to this. Better than this starts with you. Right, that's good. I deserve better than this. Watch this now, because I can be better than this. I can be better than this. And let me tell you some of the magic between this little precious peacemaker living with a peace warrior like me, some of the magic that's happened is I've had to stop and say right now, I don't want to act like this. And I've had to stop in my A-type personality, in my strong personality. Watch this. By the way, where'd that come from? How does your personality shaped? It's shaped by how you were raised. It's shaped by situations, circumstances in your life. It's shaped by all different kinds of influences. All of us are God's sons and daughters, but we kind of get messed up along the way by a lot of different things. Not blaming anybody or anything, but it's just true. Well, when, when there's something that it's coming out of you that you don't want to be like, whether it's with your employees, whether it's with your kids, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's on your job, whether it's with a client, I just want to encourage you. And again, this is a practice to stop in the middle of it and say, I don't wanna be this way. Just stop and go, I don't wanna be this way. And you know why you don't wanna be that way? Because you deserve better than that. You deserve better than what response is going to happen because you decided to go with that. In the moment, it might make you feel better because you spoke your mind, but here's the bottom line. You deserve better than that, so you gotta be better than this. I hope you hear the spirit of God in that, amen? I'm done. I had a good message for you. I thought I was gonna get to it, but I hope that helps you today.
<clears throat> One last song and then I'm going to speak a blessing over you. When you live to this age, I'm one of the oldest people in our church. I'm happy about that. A couple of y'all, y'all got me a few years, but I'm now one of the oldest people in the church, which I'm grateful for that. That means we're reaching the next generation. But when you have lived as long as I have, this is another song I sang as a little boy. Are we in the right key? I think so. It will be worth it all. Adjust that. When we see Jesus, it will be worth it all. When we see Christ. Some of y'all have never heard this song. Vicky and Buddy have because they're old like me. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Jesus. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. So bravely run your race till we see Christ. Run, be brave, be brave. Ah. I want to pray for you. Before I do, just listen to for another second. Just listen to me. What is it that God would say to you today that he's already said, but he wants you to hear with new ears today? He would say, I love you. There's nothing you can ever do that separate my love for you. Just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. I forgive you. What God would say today is I want you to forgive yourself. And by the way, if you'll learn to receive my forgiveness, and if you'll learn to forgive yourself, you'll find forgiving others will be a lot easier. So go ahead and forgive yourself today and receive my forgiveness. I believe God would say this to you today. No matter what you're going through, cast your care upon me because I care for you. Don't carry it yourself. Everybody look up here at me just a second. Take your hands like this and just go, okay, God, you asked for it. You asked for it, come on, here it is. He said, cast your care upon me for I care for you. Cast your burden upon me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So don't walk out of here the same way you walked in carrying a load that God didn't intend for you to carry. You say, man, I'm going through a tough time. God says, I'm here. Listen, you say, I just don't know how this is all gonna work out. Just know this, I'm working in the unseen. You can't see it right now, but just trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me. I'm gonna direct your path. Listen, today, 
If you walked in here and you got something heavy on your heart, listen, there's a lot of people right now that God's gonna say something to. So if you walked in here today and there's something heavy on your heart, I want you to stand up right now, right this second. If you say, I got something heavy on my heart today. God knows what it is. He knows what it is. He knows what you're carrying. You say, does anybody care? God cares. Because the truth is, he says, he had you stand up. You know why he had you stand up? Because he wants you to know, he not only knows your name, but he's got a great future for you. And guess what? Shame right now for people that are here and you're carrying shame. It's falling off of you right now. No shame in this game. In the name of Jesus, just let it go right now. And as you stand today before God, here's what I want to tell you. Everybody look up here at me that's standing. I want to tell you something. God will always not just have your back, but God has your best interests in mind. And so you can trust him. And I'm telling you, this is the voice, this, this is the day voice that I hear, by the way. And this is a positive day voice. In the voice of Sean Connery, in first night, here's what I hear. Peace is on the other side of war. So right now, some of you are in a battle right now. I want you to hear God in Sean Connery's voice saying, peace is on the other side of war. Don't be afraid of the battle. Don't be afraid of the fight. Don't back down. Don't let the fight take the wind out of your sails. Peace is on the other side of war. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And the dreams that you have that have not come to pass yet, hear the Spirit of the Lord today say to you, help is on the way. It's coming to you. It's double, double. 2020 is your year of transformation. Come on, church. Let's give God a big hand today. Let's believe it all the way. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.